0: we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit.
1: For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Jesus Christ, on behalf of you Gentiles, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up of the body of Christ. Until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him. Who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding alienated from the life of God. ...because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of hearts. They have become calloused and given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus... ...to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires... And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with everyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come from your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you.
2: Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead let there be thanksgiving, for you may be sure of this Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. For when anything is exposed to the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to, your, to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belts of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, that words may be given to me in the opening, my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I might declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So that you may also know how I am and what I am doing, Uh, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible.
3: Hey, Bob. Bob. Mr. Shanks, I need a couple of those notes. We're going to talk a long time. Thank you guys very much. We're a visual culture. We're not used to that. But it helps to hear it as it would have been written and spoken. Folks, the whole message of Ephesians, I would argue, is captured in the second verse. You can look at it now. Everybody's jittery now. Verse 2, Paul says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, grace is one of those words that Christians throw around. But so many times we have not a clue what it means. Not a clue. But it's going to show up a lot. So I want to define grace for you. Okay, grace, Harold Honer says, is the gospel in one word. It's two things. It's God's unmerited favor demonstrated in saving His people through the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. That's grace. And, and it's God's enabling power given to us through the Holy Spirit to follow Him. That's grace. Unmerited Favor Grace isn't some sort of state that you enter or exit based on your performance. It's a gift from God designed to produce something. What's it produce? Grace to you and peace. Okay, what's the gospel? It's peace through grace. Peace through grace. And the peace that grace produces is peace in two directions. And this is how we're going to break up our entire study of Ephesians. God gives grace through Christ, unmerited favor through Christ, and that grace produces peace. Peace through grace in two directions. First, vertical, peace between us and God. And then horizontal, peace between us and our fellow man. Okay, remember I said earlier that faith unites us with Christ. Okay, well what happens when when you're united to Christ? We well, are immediately at peace with God. Immediately. Why? Because Jesus is at peace with God. Okay, God the Son is at peace with God the Father. And when through faith we are united to God the Son, then immediately in that moment we have peace with God the Father. And that is an amazing gift. An amazing gift. It's unity created. i have seen that on the graphic behind me. That's the message of the first three chapters of Ephesians. Unity created. Unity between us and God. And then as all of us by faith are united to Christ, unity between us and other people, other brothers and sisters who are also united to Christ. Okay, here's what that means, folks. Unity is not something... That we create in the church. Unity is a gift. We receive from God. It's up to us to decide. Are we going to pursue it. And maintain it. But you can't create it. Okay the most charismatic. Magnetic preacher in the world. Which is not me. Cannot create true unity. Only grace from God. Achieving peace between us and God can create peace between us and our fellow man. Because it's through our common union to Christ, the fact that we've all been united to Christ, whoever we are, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we're united to Christ, and that is what connects us as the people of God. Peace with God, peace with our fellow man. The unity God creates is the foundation of the church and the unity we display is the mission of the church so i said unity created between us and god and us and our fellow man that's the message of the first three chapters of ephesians well the four through six and hope you heard this transition what was read this morning is all about unity displayed God creates unity vertically, horizontally, and then it's up to us to decide, are we going to display that? Are we going to pursue that unity, live out that unity, both vertically and horizontally? All of that is accomplished through Christ, which is why the message of Ephesians is that unity in Christ is the foundation and mission of the church. Unity created, unity displayed. You could think of that as who we are, how we live, identity in Christ, life in Christ. Okay, that's what Ephesians is all about. And why I'm really excited for us to spend seven months studying this book. Now, we are not just going to do this on Sunday mornings. We're not. On Sunday mornings, we're going to preach through the book of Ephesians, a couple verses at a time. But it's also something that we're going to do in community groups. Okay, a community group at Kingsway is designed to be the main discipleship context in this church. Okay, what do we mean by discipleship? Well, a disciple is simply what? A follower of Jesus Christ. Okay, if you claim to be a Christian, then you better be a disciple a follower of Jesus Christ in every area of life. Community groups, which are ideally a small group of like eight to ten adults, don't laugh if you're in a bigger group, um, at Kingsway is designed to be the context, the people with which we are learning to follow Jesus in every area of life. It's a place where we live as disciples and where we make disciples. And what we're going to do in community groups for the next six to seven months is study a book called Side by Side, by a man named ed welch okay and the reason we're going to do this is that this book side by side takes one of the main themes of ephesians unity and helps us learn how to both ask for help and give help in walking out unity in christ okay the the whole book you can stop by the bookshop and take a look at this or buy your own copy this morning, It's broken into two parts. Part one, we are needy. Amen to that. Part two, we are knee dead. And the whole point is to give us practical tools for how to pursue unity in Christ. We can't create it, but we can pursue it. I believe that studying this book is going to work very well with our study of Ephesians, which we'll also be talking about in community groups, Uh, but I don't want you to take uh, my word for it. I'd really like for you to be able to hear uh, for a minute or two from the man who wrote this book, who I have heard speak in person, whom I have a lot of respect for. So we're going to watch a short video clip now from Ed Welch describing why he wrote this book side by side. So let's take a look at that.
4: counselor i was able to make the obvious observation that those i had the privilege of counseling they would grow and change especially when they were surrounded by friends who helped them and i began to realize that it was probably the friends helping them that the spirit was using certainly more than myself i've noticed both in scripture and in my personal experience that that god is pleased to build his church through weak people, people who feel inadequate, but who love and who pray for others. I have been the recipient of this extravagant ministry and have been changed by it, I suspect many of you have been as well. The background for this is, is this, everything changed when the spirit was given and Christ was risen from the dead. No longer were those who helped simply the priests and the prophets. But now we are all able to help each other. The care of our souls when we're troubled or stuck or have cold hearts or hard hearts, the care of our souls now belongs to us all. And this is the way we bring glory to God. Why did I write this? Essentially, because I understood that friends are indeed the best helpers.
3: That's side-by-side, and for those of you who do not consider yourself a reader, I have good news for you, almost every chapter is less than 10 pages, okay? I heard some guys laughing. That's all right. We can do this. We can do this, and I want to encourage you, if you're not in a community group, and you want to be part of the conversation we're having as a church during the week about how to live out side-by-side what we're learning from Ephesians to join a community group. You can jump on our website this afternoon and look up a group in your area. But bottom line, stop by the bookshop this morning um, and you can get your own copy so that we're ready to go for this month. I said earlier that verse 2 is the theme of this book, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I am excited, Kingsway, to watch how the Lord teaches us week by week that our unity in Christ is both the foundation and mission of this church and in preparation for closing this morning I want us to sing a song called grace and peace you've heard those words a lot today but it gives us a chance at the beginning of our study to thank God for creating in Christ the unity that we desperately need